0: Welcome to another action-packed show here on ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who holds many secrets and tells many tales. I give you the Brent. Hey, it's me. Yeah. You told some good tales today already, and I know you've got some great A material for this subject because we spun the wheel. We made the deal, and this week on the little show, we're doing, bam, Japanese arcade exclusive. Yes. We are? What kind of crazy topic is this? So, sort of, yeah. This was not mm. the easiest thing to look into, was it, the bridge? Actually, I found it incredibly easy. Did, how? How did you come up with what you found? Give me uh, some, give me, you, Show you, us how your mind works. You go, hmm, who are some incredibly famous arcade producers out of Japan, right? That's okay. where you start. All right. And you go, bam, you found one. Or, I mean, you found several, but okay. let's focus on one. Yeah. And then you go, okay, what are all the games these people company made bam list easy to find right yeah, yeah then you go okay which of these have i never heard of yeah and you're done well well that's actually pretty good reasoning. Yeah. so i did what i always do i googled <laughs> you went japanese through? arcade exclusives That's what i googled and let me tell you what happens when you do that you get a series of game footages and clips just sort of like we're watching now if you're watching home that show crazy japanese uh, uh arcade cabinets Yeah. With weird peripherals. Stuff where you're driving, trains, stuff where you're going to the toilet. There's one where you turn over a table. Did you see that one? That was a weird... I mean, it's got a table built into the arcade machine. Your family's all sitting around, and you come in and throw everything off the table. Well, yeah, you you have to time it for... It's a a timing game. Is that what it is? Yeah. At the peak of your anger, that's when you hit the table. They've got games where you... uh, dance around that we never saw here, games where you play uh, certain, like, traditional Drums. Japanese instruments. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. It would be fun to try these games. Oh, yeah. But one of the reasons you never saw these in the States is because you would never bring these traditional Japanese topics here because no one know what was going on. If you brought, like, turn over a Japanese home table, people wouldn't know what was going on. You brought over a traditional Japanese drum thing. we don't know what that is, you know, stuff like that. There'd be a lot of conversion to go through, well, and the expense of these big, crazy cabinets. And this is the way arcades ended up going, in everywhere, including Japan, which arcades is still around barely, but they they yeah, went into the land of peripherals. Yeah, they went into the land of crazy uh, uh, machines that you couldn't play at home, which is the same thing that happened here. Although in Japan, they they still have way more traditional. Uh, arcade games than we than we are seeing in the states. You, you think so? Just oh like... yeah. Now the the scene is dying. I mean that's obvious when they shut down the Sega Arcade. It just and... happened here recently yeah. too. Uh, but They're... yeah, they what they do is they've got their standard candy cab. Yeah. Uh, a white
1: cab with plenty of buttons, big tilted screen, and you just you stick games in that. Yeah, they still make tons of games over there. Uh, again, not nearly as much as they used to. But they do have a lot of gimmick games, too.
0: Mostly with the gimmick games, right, though. Could they actually bring them over here? And they, yes. Would they be successful? Probably. But the gamble's not worth it. Yeah, and also, I mean, Japanese culture is a lot more over here than it was when we were younger. I mean, mean, in terms of, like, because people were into, like, anime and stuff like that. That didn't happen. Like, I remember when anime took off in the States. And I had known about it for quite a while and, and saw it. But, I mean, there was a time... Where you where you saw this stuff, and it was it was like I saw the first time I ever saw any anime ever. My whole life was in college. Uh, I mean, that's not counting stuff like Speed Racer and Star Blade, stuff like you right. didn't know. But I was in college, and some guy had uh, un un uh, untranslated copies of the Dirty Pair. I'd never heard of it before. And you know, so we—it was like almost like a hidden treasure, and then eventually you can read. Now we're in West Virginia; it's going to hit here probably differently than anybody. A <laughs> little, little bit down yeah. the timeline. But <laughs> my, my point is, you're going to you're going to find that uh, it people are more receptive to stuff straight from Japan, well, like, like yokai and Pokemon, stuff like that, that where people have are into it, it's big in the stage. You know, my kid loves yokai. he loves Pokemon. All hail the internet! Well, yeah, it helps. <laughs> it helps, you know. But I mean, still, it got over here. They got to give him credit. But a lot of these older games, you could never have brought them over here. I mean, the, the traditional games, just because they, they didn't think they would translate well. Or There's whatnot. only one game that you couldn't bring over from Japan <laughs> and, it, and it'd be successful, in my opinion. I think most things are marketable. Mahjong. Mahjong the only is thing one. is that you could. And they have tons of those games. Tons yeah. and, of, and tons of those
1: cabinets that are, you know, you've got the huge layout with the with the, you know, 20-some buttons. Yeah. Those are, the, in my opinion, those are the only arcade games
0: that couldn't come over here and turn some kind of profit. Now. Now. I think the yeah. cult, our culture has widened enough to make that something that would work. You know, you, ever, you know how to play my home I tried to learn. I mean, yes, I do, but I, I would not play it with any type of skill. I know the yeah. basic rules of yeah. that. You know, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically big rummy. If but you, if you've been around strange symbols, <laughs> hey, rummy. if you've been around this, uh, the emulation scene for a while, you'll know that mahjong games are sort of like the bane of your of your arcade cabinet because there's so many that they actually built in a thing for most brands where you can just turn off all the mahjong games. So yeah, they're a super popular aspect of Japanese arcade gaming. Of course, Japanese uh, they also have your pachinko machines. Are those are yep. staples in arcade stuff like that. Those really never made it over here, per per se. Well, no, yeah, not in that form. But we have we have real gambling. Yeah. So it's a little bit differently. But I mean, what is a pachinko machine? It's heavy. you (laughs) That it's unyielding. It's tough to mount on a wall. I know that. It's (laughs) it's playing a slot machine with extra steps. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they've got a whole system set up over there with the balls. That's kind of neat. So under... Neat? No. I think it's kind of neat. I mean, uh, it's, like, it's sort of that backdoor gambling. Man, nah. Uh, nah. Uh, well, I, I get it. You're I get it.
1: You demanded
0: we get a pachinko machine. Like, yeah. we got to have one. And I love it. Oh, yeah. Loved you it. never touch Loved it. Love it. No, I did. I mean... Do we still have that thing? Or do we get rid of it? I can't um, remember. I don't know. Yeah. Well, go to your basement sometime. With all that said, uh, we were tasked with trying to find... A couple games to play. Now, I'm going to lead a dance today. Oh, yes, you Because are. my game is probably much much more well-known, if oh, I can guarantee it is, than yours. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's, oh, it almost, it almost oh, doesn't fit the category. Oh, no, so we'll, no, no. let's talk about this. Well, let's get the game up before we all get right, into it. So, right. the game I chose this week was Ninja Baseball Batman. Now, uh, this game... No, has, no, let
1: me... Let me let me interject something. Uh huh. How often have you harassed me endlessly about not staying on
0: topic? Uh Yes. I mean, it's well, tremendous, you, you, right? You, but I mean, you flagrantly, you flagrantly uh, do that. You just skip over what we are. Oh, to be doing. oh, oh. So when you picked your game this week, yeah, right, yeah, you failed the category. I did to a certain very light
1: degree. To an way. absolute. Letter of the law well, of failure. This is not an art a Japan
0: exclusive. Well, this was released in North America. Okay, all right. now that you've had your you harangued me, let me tell the people the honest truth. I picked this game uh, because it had never been released in the states, and uh, I, I had played it before. It was a fun game. Now, and I announced what I was playing. Unlike some people, I pre-announced it ahead of time to let the, all the people play it, and. I found out through my research that a mere 47 or 43, I should say, cabinets were released in the States. Well, Uh well, 43 cabinets out of over 1,000 that were released in Asia. So I don't feel bad about it because no one has these cabinets. No one's seen these cabinets. And after only releasing 43, God only knows how many made it. To today, there well, can't be that many. if you're going to defend that, battle chess was a funny no, game. No, it was funny, all right, but it wasn't ha ha funny. So let's get into it with my pick here, which was uh, Ninja Baseball Batman. Now, listen, uh, th- uh, this isn't going to be one if you're if you're a, um, a connoisseur of your retro gaming, this is probably a game that's come across your uh, path at some point. I think I think the Angry uh, Video Game Nerd did a bit on it. Another Top Hat Guy did something. It does. This thing's been looked at. Oh, yeah. But yeah. one thing they never really talk about in these little bits is like the actual playing of the game and what you're doing here. And because they just like, oh, look, here's this, here's that. Ha-ha, look how wacky. It's also a good game. We're going to get the, the actual gameplay a little bit. But just to touch on the backstory for from this game, this game was uh, p- published and developed by Irem of America, which is funny because Irem America was actually... <laughs> put together by Irem, and the guys who put were involved in the making of it actually were hired like right before they made this game. So this is basically one of the games. didn't make that many games in Iron America. This is one of them. Um, I looked at to see what, what what had been developed at Irem America Corp. Now listen, Irem as a company developed tons of stuff. Yep. And so that it's hard to tell. And even with this game, because despite the fact that a guy who had the idea for it and had jotted down a lot of illustrations and stuff. A lot of the stuff, almost all the stuff that he had, got jettisoned in Japan, so that he's not even mentioned in the credits of the game. And was out. He left Iram before the game even came out. So there may be some sour grapes there. Uh, but amongst some of the things that w- that you may have heard of from IRM, uh they were uh, they did Green Beret and Moon Patrol, which I stupidly mentioned uh, incorrectly a couple weeks ago. Uh, Motor Race USA, remember that one? A ten-yard fight, which I saw Flack play on the stream one time. A uh, Battle Road, which I believe is one of your favorite games. Kung Fu Master. They did the arcade version. The Load Runner Kid, Nikki. R-Type. They did a lot of stuff here uh, that you would have heard of. Uh, this particular game was released in '93. The game has a funny backstory to it because uh, the uh, it's not it's not you grab your gut funny. Oh. It's it's, it's just sort of funny. So, uh, this game uh, was, uh, like I said, it was developed sort of uh, by a guy named Drew uh, uh, Maniscalco. Uh, Thank you, Butcher. uh, Hey, it's hard to (laughs) pronounce that guy's name, Maniscalco. And he was uh, one of the first two people employed at Iron America. And he famously, and this is from his own mouth, he looked around. He was like, what kind of game can we make? He looked around at what was popular. What was popular was stuff like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These guys are popular. What else was popular was uh, stuff with four-player arcade games. Iram, uh, his vision for this game it wasn't as a four-player game. He wanted a game featuring his Ninja Baseball Batman crew that was sort of like Super Mario uh, at the time. That was his favorite game. Iram was like, listen, we're not going to make enough money doing that. We need to make this a four-player game like the, like the Turtles. And so then he looked around for some inspiration for a theme for the game And he was a big baseball fan. So he thought to himself, hey, how about a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-like romp uh, sat in the fictional world of weird baseball? And the Japanese were like, oh, yeah, we (laughs) like that. It sounds good. And so he jotted down a bunch of characters. It's funny, if you look at the main four characters in this, uh, originally there were only two characters. Uh, They were named Willie and Mickey. And They were named after the guys' favorite baseball players. Right? Can you, can you name who he thinks who they were based on? You know, uh, Mickey baseball. Mantle, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Willie Mays. Hayes. Well, Willie Mays. Hayes is a fictional guy from I the major know, league Aaron. baseball. I know. So anyway, <laughs> Willie Mays. yeah, that's, that's right. You knucklehead. Uh, so, but eventually, when they went to four people, they they ended up going with the characters called Captain Jose, Twin Bats, Rhino, Beanball Roger, and Stick these are based on popular baseball players at the time. It's funny because with the exception of poor Ryan Sandberg, you've got three absolute spudheads here. Well, you, uh, Jose, 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 Captain Jose is Jose Canseco, right? Uh, and Ryan Sandberg is a Twin Bats Rhino. Uh, by the way, Jose Canseco, a long time uh, at Oakland A's player, and uh, was a big home run. One guy. of my favorite players of all time, also heavily embroiled in the Star War in the Star Wars in the steroid scandal <laughs> of the nineties. Uh, because the A's were all roided up. And, and, and Ryan Sandberg was a Chicago Cub. I don't think he did anything horrible, so he's off the hook. Roger Clemens is another guy who got embroidered in a bunch of scandals and was a uh, pitcher, and despite the fact like, the guy in the game you play is this big, burly freak. <laughs> yeah. And then the last guy who you play, uh, Daryl Strawberry, Stick Straw. He totally had, clean. No, he had, he had some uh, <laughs> substance abuse policy <laughs> issues. Uh, back in the day. So, they picked three. Well, i was shady, ca- let, me, let me throw in a quick story here, Andy. Yeah, go ahead. Story Do you time. know that I collected baseball cards for a short while? I did as well, yeah. Okay. Uh, my most valuable card, my super top of the line, this is back in the 90s, a rookie, Daryl Strawberry. Really? Yeah. So, but, it's his career tipped over. Here, well, right? well, let me tell you something. <laughs> that card declined in value like no other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so once once this was all sort of planned out in Iron America, it was time for the people in Japan to actually make the game. And so the the story goes that they looked at what was planned out and they're like, "Eh, we're going to we're going to animate this sucker up." And what their main what their main inspiration was was stuff like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which that was what we called it over here. But that that stuff was real big, that real goofy, over the top, uh, ding baddie show. And this, by the way, is very similar. You could put the Power Rangers right in this game, and they'd be you'd be right yeah. at home. Uh, and so they made it wacky with robots and and all sorts of craziness, and released it. And uh, the original, des- the, oh, I guess, designer looked at this and he was like, oh, it looks okay." He wasn't he wasn't like down on it. He was he was he was okay with it. And so, lo and behold, this was unleashed. Now, the funny part of the story is—it's not that funny if you're uh, the, the, the American guy—is that when this came out, like it did real well in Japan, but like they—they they, to be honest, they sort of did a half job of even caring about ever releasing it here. And they had made the game incredibly Japanese in a lot of ways. No, so, yeah. Could you have released? I mean, they did release it. Like I said, four, 43 uh, boxes. Could you have? Made this a big hit if you pushed it right. I, that remains to be no. seen. Well, I guess we'll examine that very question as we look into this. And back in the nineties, no. So, as I mentioned, this the you you pick one of four of uh, players. Each player, I will say, the four different characters. This isn't like the turtles, but it the mixers have different weapons. Like these guys are radically different. Yeah. Uh, the, they play completely different, and and they're they actually in some ways complement each other. But if you watch the uh, opening of the game, uh, before you put any money in, it has a list, It shows all the guys and their, their ratings in power, uh, swing, speed, and uh, the distance they can attack from. And they, of course, you can imagine those vary between the four guys greatly. For example, uh, the straw man has a huge reach, but he's real slow, and the... Uh, Beanball is incredibly slow, but it's very powerful. Yeah. Then you've got, like, Jose, sort of as good at a little bit of everything. He, he's, you know? your, he's your typical Mario. And then uh, the Sandberg guy actually uses two small bats. So it's almost like the Dog Brothers with the stick combat, if you're if rid of that. Uh, no so, I that. Uh, Some people are. So the premise of this game, and, and the premise I will say I do enjoy, that the commissioner of baseball calls. He's like, listen, he's like, six relics were stolen for the baseball hall of fame. You, we need we need we need to get the uh, ninja uh, baseball batman to go out there and get these back. All right? And they're like, "We'll do it." And so their travels take them all over the US in search of getting these items. Now, uh, from from looking at this game just from the outside I'm looking, at this is your standard I mean, they didn't reinvent the wheel. It's your standard beat 'em up you go to it's got an overworld stage map, or you go to each of the different levels. It's just like like say a final fight or something. And each of the different levels, I will have it's a different city. So they put in stuff that are sort of uh, like that city. You know, so for example, if you go to Florida, uh, there's a lot of stuff like swamps. You're in swamps basically. If you go to like San Francisco, you're in the, you're going across the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, it's standard stuff. It's not yep. something you wouldn't expect. Um, it's got six stages plus an end stage, so uh, seven stages. Right. Well, yeah, but you don't. The thing is, you don't really know. You don't. Yes, you do. You don't know how it's going to end. Yes, you do. Okay. Did. Well, I'm going to spoil it. So <laughs> I am going to spoil it. So anyway, uh, let's talk about before we get in because we can get into the stages and the end boss but I want to talk about the way those, these individual guys handle. You, this is a game that has two buttons. It's got a, it's got a uh, an attack and a jump. Okay. Now, this game uh, was based on a, a previous a uh, game that they released. Uh, that was a, a, they, they just took one of their old light, their old titles that was a beat beat 'em up and it's basically put new graphics on it. Yeah, right? it uses the same engine. Okay. And so, uh, but this is a refined fighting engine. I mean, I find this uh, uh, quite nice. It's got all the stuff that I want in a in a game like this. It's got double tap for charge. It's got special moves in the air. It's got uh, it's got grabs. You know, it's got the stuff that you can really enjoy. And it, and it's also got stuff like hitting guys on the ground. You know, which I like. It's got there are situations where you do a certain maneuver and you'll hit multiple targets. Uh, it's it's got a quality uh, engine underneath of it, and I think that's the heart of the game amongst the graphics and the and the art I think which we'll get to, how do you what do you how do you put this in the pantheon of beat 'em ups in terms of its controls and your guy's abilities? I mean, was he, did he do enough to keep it fresh for you? From a gameplay perspective, it is literally one of the best beat em ups. Yeah. I mean where, where, what do you think? I mean this is right in the same area it's something like a Cowboys and Moon Made for me. They're really they give you a lot of things you can do. I think this may have even more stuff than Cowboys the, and Moon the, Yeah, this this for me, this is up there with uh, Mechanically speaking, up there with like uh, the Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, I, I well, I think I think in, uh, it's, there, it's a lot simpler because you don't have to do spells. Right, things. but yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, again, I mentioned there are four players. I'm going to tell you who not to play. Uh, the the two characters that I think are I'm not going to say worthless, but I hate them are Daryl Strawberry, the stuck straw man, and the and Bean Ball, the big fat guy. Oh, you're wrong. Uh, because I don't I like either one, one of those guys. They're both real slow. And they're also both—they're just their attacks are not great. Now, I will say, Strawman has a long sweeping attack, which I like, but it's—it's—he's so slow, and I don't like. I will say, Strawman has his special maneuver where the water comes out of the ground. It's pretty cool. It's—it's it, it's yeah. probably the most impressive looking of the boys Well, oh, it's one of the best. Yeah, but uh, I don't like him. But the two guys I go to are the Ryan Sandberg character with the two sticks. I like him because he can get inside. And he, in this game you can actually work on the inside of some of these in bosses, and you can just get in there and start clovering. You can do a goodly amount of damage, which I like him because he has real quick strike. He's one of the worst. But Ho, no, I disagree with you. But Jose is, for my money, pound for pound, the best guy. He's got a good super attack. He's got good damage. He's pretty quick. He can work good on the inside, and he's a uh, pretty stout guy. I, I would say he's the my favorite to play. In terms of uh, being able to beat uh, beat the game quicker and with more efficiency, what about you? Since we're talking about gameplay, I'll yeah. go ahead and school you a little bit. Oh, please! <clears throat> uh, uh, the quick guy, the reason the Twin double batch, Ryan, yeah. Yeah. the reason why he's no good yeah. is his hold attack, yeah. uh, jump button yeah. move, not not the desperation attack. Yeah, uh, is, is he flies up in the air. And it's just completely worthless. Well, if you, it if, is if that's no. not something that you use a lot, though it's not a big. Well, deal. if
1: you're not using that move, then you're not playing it right.
0: Well, I mean, if we, I like no, the inside. You don't of play it. for fun, Aaron. You play for victory. Well, I do. For, I you do both. Okay, if you're playing for fun, all who of them. Who do you fun. think's the best? Jose is the best. Uh, who do you think's second best? Uh, uh, the big guy. The big, really, yeah, he's so slow. Uh, yeah, but his throw, uh, his uh, uh, throw move where he pounds the guy into the ground. He does it on both sides, which gets you out of tricky situations. Plus, his hold, attack, jump move is a little belly bop that you can uh, flow into combos. Um, He is definitely second best. Let's talk about, and this is a, plus his desperation is pretty good. This is a real important part of this game. Okay, so you've got, you've got four. A different characters. Yeah. Whatever I mean, our favorite. We have uh, our favorites. I mean, here's the thing, right? I think we both agree that uh, that uh, Stickstraw is is probably the low. Yeah. And yeah. we both agree Jose's probably the top. Yeah. But know. the fact that we can have this debate means that the characters are uh, uh, diverse enough and different, you know, have enough comp- to bring to the table that it's deep. This yeah. is a deep game for this type of game. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the actual, the art, the enemies. A lot of games like this, you, you tend to see the same enemies over and over in different colors. This game, I've got to give it credit. Now, you will see the same enemies, right? But they do stuff that I've never seen uh, in any game. And, the, and part of it is because the concept of this game is so wacky. Because you're in this baseball world uh, where stuff weird stuff comes to life. So, a lot of times, you'll be fighting like giant walking baseballs. And you don't just fight walk. That would be something, you're fighting a walking baseball. But these walking baseballs have different personalities. Some look like bikers. Some look like they're painted up like the road warriors. They've got spikes. They have different weapons. And so you're fighting a lot of weird-looking baseballs. And on top of that, you're also fighting stuff that, I mean, it looks like you're fighting like aquatic like shrimp and squids and, like squids yeah. and probably the prawns or whatever these weird it's very japanese there's no one that's going to say when you play this game you know it may have been uh, inspired by an american but this sucker was made in japan and the thing is it's so wacky that it makes it fun i'll give you an example where if you're watching on there's a scene where you're fighting on this yacht and for no reason in the background because you're fighting these giant baseballs these aquatic creatures you see subservient, I don't know if they're slaves or workers, just the baseballs in the back sweeping the floor. There's some areas where the baseballs are like working at a concession stand or in a It's like, what do they yeah. got? What kind of world are we in? And when this stuff happens, you fight guys with pumpkin heads. You fight in, the, in several varieties. There's a stage when you go to Texas where you're in like a ghost town, so you fight all kinds of crazy ghosts, but they're the ghosts of dead baseball, for yeah. example, yeah, when you go to the gangster dogs, uh, when you go to Chicago, you fight like uh, gangster dogs with with uh, uh with like a uh, machine gun. You know, I don't know why that's that is the anomalous level to this game. I think is that is that Chicago level where you're in the old timey Chicago, but it's it's still a fun level. Each level is different, and that's what makes it fun. And this is just your, again, they didn't reinvent the wheel. You just go from uh, screen to screen. When you kill everything on one screen, you just slide to the next screen, and then when you get to the end. Uh, of, of a level, these horns come out of the ground with baseballs blowing in them, and that means it's time for the boss fight. The boss fights in this are real weird. I mean, the bosses in this are the strangest bosses I've seen. The first level, for example, you're on an airplane, you fight an airplane. Yeah. An, a humanoid airplane. He shoots wind at you to knock you back and does stuff. There are, uh, uh, there are a multitude of weird... Who's your favorite end boss in this? Uh Oh, the... the, the uh... Slot machine. The slot machine was gonna a giant. There's a giant alligator. There's a boss that's just named like, uh, what was his name? It's like emergency boss or, yeah. or, or make it's makeshift enemy. And it's his yeah. name. And I thought to myself, did they just name it because they didn't have a name, or did they forget to change it? You know, I don't know what was going on there. After every level, uh, when you kill the boss, the food explodes out of them. You can pick up food to eat, and then you whatever treasure you're after, you, you pick that up. You go through the six levels. I should mention, so it just popped up, there are a couple mini-games. The mini-games are weak. I didn't think the mini-games were any good. Uh, you just hit the buttons to do something. Sometimes it's smash a baseball. And sometimes there's one level where you're punching a baseball. I'm sure you beat these. I couldn't even beat them. No, I couldn't beat them because I played on keyboard. Oh, I see. Uh, so, that was it. that is one of the weaker elements of the game. The sound is good. There's always music and stuff playing. And the at the end, there's a, a horrific heel turn. When you find out the commissioner of baseball is actually evil, and they show you he's evil because he becomes a bald man, which I was appalled at that. It always gets me when they make the bald guy evil. At the end, there's a sort of a, I would call it a mini boss uh, run before you hit the main boss, who's this guy that called the Babe. He just He's basically a commissioner with like this robot he's controlling. Oh Babe Ruth. Yeah, of yeah. Babe Ruth. You got to beat him, and then you finally beat the game. I thought this game was a, a real winner. I had a lot of fun playing it. I just beat it today, and I beat it last night, too, so I have played all the way through a couple times this week. What do you think? you, yeah, you no, give this the thumbs up. Th- this is uh, if you are enjoy beat 'em ups, uh, this is among the best. Yeah, uh, the the wackiness of it is going to be a turn off for some. Um, it is. It's the most wacky game. Yeah, I mean you're you're fighting. You know, first of all, you're the living embodiment of sports. I guess I don't no, know. I don't know. Um, but you. I can definitely see where some people would be like, ah, man, this this ain't for me. Yeah. But if you allow yourself... First of all, the game is simple enough. If you just want to throw in some virtual quarters, hit go, and start smashing buttons, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. If you want to go a little bit deeper, you can actually learn a crap ton of stuff. For example, when an enemy's down, you can't just go over there and hit your button repeatedly. You hold the button down, and you'll do ba- down attack. He just taught me that before the show. I didn't <coughs> know about that attack. If you you can run and
1: slide, if you're some characters do a foot slide, some characters do a, a head slide. But you can slide into enemies. You can slide into downed enemies.
0: There are two, three type of desperation moves. You with desperation moves for those that aren't familiar with these type of games. Usually, you hit both buttons. And you'll do a super attack, and it'll take off some amount of life. You have three of them in this game. You have the one, uh, your standard one, you hit the button, and you'll do usually a big giant swing, right? That's your standard type of desperation move. You can also do a grappling desperation move. Um, And that's one you can do even if you have no life. You grab all of the people, you hit both the buttons, and you'll do a super move, right? It, it takes off life, but if you have no life, you can still keep doing
1: it. Uh, and then there's a third desperation move. If you jump up in the air, hit uh, towards, away, attack, you'll do a mega yeah.
0: desperation move. That'll fill up the whole screen, and it takes about a third of your life. These are things like the, more. the, the game... The game it doesn't come out and tell you this. It might tell you on like a bezel or something, but obviously you don't have that. Uh,
1: and it's imperative to know these because it makes the game so much more fun, yeah. so much deeper. There are combos that you can pull off. There are you know certain number of hits when you have someone grappled that you can hit them before you can you know hit, hit, and then do a throw, or hit, hit, and do a super. It, it's deep. It's deep. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: It's and it's. I would say it's. I think it's a less cheap game than a lot of beat em ups are. It is definitely less cheap because you got like for. I was telling Brent. <laughs> I, I went through again. You know, I've just played it twice the, this past couple days. You when you get to the bosses, like it's not just a quarter fest. You've got a shot at them. You can get in there and do stuff and there are patterns to it. And I like that. I like that having the yeah. ability to actually have a chance as opposed to just sit at the house. Like me and Luca played through this and we didn't. I mean, it's it's something that you can play and feel like you're getting somewhere as opposed to just paying the win, which I don't like. What, two more things I want to mention. Uh, the uh, I think this game is pretty easy until the third level, which you go to Vegas. I think it ramps up. The difficulty ramps up considerably there. I agree. And also, I want to mention that when you get to Vegas, and people after while was wearing, you're watching this, wearing my shirt here, the, the Flatwoods Monster shirt. Flatwoods Monster is an enemy in this. A bunch of Flatwoods yeah. Monsters show up because he's big in Japan. And so they put him in the game, which I thought was awesome. So if you want to play a game where your darned you're darn sure going to see the Flatwoods Monster, Braxton County Monster, Green Monster, whatever you call him. West Virginia's very own. Yeah, that's right. So I like the fact this a little West Virginia in this crazy uh, Japanese baseball game. That anyway, also made it to North America. I had a look, barely. I had a look to see what this was selling for because I've never, ever... We've never seen this in the arcade, obviously, uh, no. uh-uh. and I've never, uh, I've never seen it anywhere. So I thought, I'm interested to see what it was going for price wise. On eBay, there was one guy selling the the, the PCB for it, and he wanted six hundred and sixty nine bucks. But I, one had sold for one hundred and twenty nine. That seems more reasonable. But I'm not surprised that he was asking so much. twenty nine. This game has a rep. I'd, bought it it, for, it, I'd buy it for that. If it's the world version. Oh yeah. yeah and then. This is something that I saw nothing. I found this on uh, uh, eBay. I never heard of it. It's not mentioned anywhere, and there's no footage of it. I look, and I, looked, and it, I think with Pajako also turned this up. There's a Windows version of this that was out. It, 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 it's for Windows 95, 98, XP. Right? It's that. It's it's for all of those. Yeah. And it was it was it was a boxed version of Windows uh, version of this game, and there was one on eBay right now selling for two forty four. Wow, so you double failed at the uh, well. I Japanese. Listen, did you, even did you know that? No, okay, but guess there what? You there you go. <laughs> doesn't make it not true. Listen, it's not a failure when it's when it's great, and that's and so I'm off the hook now. Sweet, I get a pass at everything. No, it's you never gonna pass. So we did have a uh, we did have someone take uh, take a look at this. That's our good buddy Pajaco. Pajaco chimes in. Uh, the great thing about emulation is that I can complete games like this without bankrupting myself. And I would have. I reckon I probably have thrown in about 50 bucks trying to complete this thing. Wow. If you told me that this was a Konami arcade game, I would have believed you. It has all the hallmarks of Konami's coin munchy beat-em-up. Whilst it brings nothing particularly new to the table gameplay-wise, it really turns things up to 11 with the enemies. Along with an assortment of baseball baddies and other wacky enemies, You'll fight bosses like monster trucks, ghost buffalos, and airplanes. Where's the action figure line? I've got my wallet ready. Like it's Pierce, Ninja Baseball Batman is a little cheap in places. I thought I was going to totally sell out and boss rush me at the end, but thankfully it didn't. Uh, this is a uh, mini boss run. Yeah. Uh, this is certainly a game me and my buddies at the time would have spent m- many fun times playing. If you like beat up games like the Simpsons and Ninja Turtles, then you must play Ninja Baseball Batman. And by the way, I think this is way better than the Simpsons game. Uh, the I, Simpsons got it has its own charm. It does, but I hate that art because it's the old Simpsons art. So, yeah. So, thank you for jocking for looking at this. I thought this was a fun one, and, and uh, I had a real good time with it, man. And it's something one, it's ma- i like to come back to. Something to, to mention. team yeah. mentioned merchandising. Uh, and you didn't mention this, so I'll mention it. The guy that developed the, that came up with the concept, right? Yeah had a falling out yeah split ways he bought the rights to ninja baseball man N- baseball batman yeah from uh uh Iron, yeah or the current holder of it yeah he gets all the rights except to the video game yeah so he owns all the rights to the characters the concept all that stuff he's got a website just, just not the not the video game itself Yeah, he actually has a website i don't know if he it's funny. I didn't. I didn't even. I read that. I didn't go to see if he was that merching it out. But I can see where merch for this might be uh, something that Popular, get over. Yeah. You know? Because I mean, especially because this had this, this was uh, uh, has gained popularity since. In all honesty, if you made a line of all the wacky bad guys in this, you could make a fortune because there's about a million bad <laughs> yeah, guys in this, and yeah. they're all wacky. So there you go. So there you go. A, I had a real good time with that one, even though it's a little sketchy on the overall. Uh, fitting of the uh, of the category, so you will be punished. With all that said, the Brent, uh, you I will say went way outside the box on this. But so what do you got?
1: Well, I stuck to the uh, concept of the wheel piece. I actually did my research prior to announcing my
0: game. Would you shut? And I'm bringing to the pa- table steelworker, steelworker, which I listen the kids hold it gets so close to home because our dad was a member of the steelworkers union back in the day. You didn't know that? Well, I mean, yeah, it was just part of part oh, of yeah. the deal. Really, yeah. um,
1: this is a game by Taito, uh, released in the uh, Japanese arcades in the 1980s. Very good. And what a year! Uh, so this is back. You know,
0: this is back in your Phoenix days and your your uh, you know your Space Invaders type yeah. days. And you have to think to yourself, oh God. What kind of what kind of shooter? What kind of uh, lame you know uh, 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 berserk clone is this? No, no, no. This is an entirely original concept, especially for the time. Yeah, Steelworker, you play
1: as a foreman at this construction site, and your job is to lay steel girders from the uh, left hand of the screen to
0: the right hand of the screen so that your crew can get to their work site. Let me tell you something. OSHA has a word to say about this game. <laughs> no kidding. Um, Holy smokes. So <clears throat> the gameplay itself, that that's the setup, right? And uh, 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 the flyer for this uh, talks about how you know, if, if you don't do this, you know, everyone from the site's going to get fired and... and or killed. <laughs> well, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be my worry. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a bit cheesy on the old story. But the gameplay in this is incredibly original for 1980. Yeah. I mean, I know this was an explosion of ideas because you had n- new technology coming out uh, that you could play with. But this really blew me away. So the gameplay of this, on the left, you start on the left-hand side of the screen, and you can be at the top, the bottom, the middle. Uh, there are, it is a gridded playfield, you know, behind the scenes,
1: but you, there's no visual grid. So you've really got about six starting points, uh, and in the middle is a column that has uh, equipment. Uh, what? Well, well, on cranes. What would you call those, Aaron? What are they're the just,
0: they're, boxes? They're just, they're, they're just cr- crates on a crane to go up and yeah, down. Yeah, and they, all they do is go up and down, and it has a center point that you have to connect with, and then an end point on the right-hand side of the screen that is how you actually exit the level. So your goal is to lay steel girders that are either to the left, to the right, to the up diagonal, to the down diagonal... To the zigzag, and when I say zigzag, I mean you'll do a half a level down to the left and a half a level down to the right, and it lays like um, like lemmings would do their
1: staircases, right? Yeah. It, it, that's, that's sort of the concept you're going for. And you have to lay these steel girders to meet up to the place in the middle, avoid the crates going up and down the crane, and then
0: get to the other side and link up. It's crazy. It's crazy. The game is brutally hard. Uh, The way you lay your pieces is... It's a two-way joystick game. At the bottom of the screen, it has all the pieces you can lay
1: just represented by arrows. So you know exactly what you're laying down. Uh, And then you have two buttons. Button one is lay down the piece that you're highlighting. And button two is turn around
0: and get the heck out of Dodge. You can use it to avoid the cranes. If you don't know what piece it makes sense to lay next, you can use it to give yourself a little bit more time. But this game is frantic. And, uh... Did you struggle? Did you talk about the other button? Yeah, I just did. The I mean, the, I mean, I don't understand. I don't think you made that clear how quickly you have to implement. That. Oh yeah, your guy is continuously walking forward and will stop at nothing. Yeah, I mean, so you like when you start this game, I've never heard of this game or played it. Okay, and so, but instantly you look at the, you're like, okay, I got, I got the concept here. But you, your guy takes off walking, and he walks at a brisk pace. He is immediately, yeah, and he'll walk right to his death, and you'll, the game will be like three seconds old. So that reverse <laughs> button, and you've got limited number of those. So you've got, and you're going to use them a lot because it's hard to keep up with him. You know, moving that stick around. This would be better when you said this was a two directional stick. It makes sense. That yeah. would be better. Really, buttons would be okay too, but. You know, two buttons, like a like, a, you know, like an asteroid or something like yeah. that. But uh, 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 th- you have to really roll through those pieces. I found this game exceptionally hard. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are in the chat are mentioning that this is like steel, lemmings, or whatever. I think you got it backwards. Lemmings is the non-steel version of this. Yeah. Because I don't know if the guys that played that ever saw this game, but like this right here, this is a, a pretty unique one. And I like I said, not seen it before. I really like the concept of it. At first... When I started playing this and looking at it, I thought maybe this was had like almost like a uh, Tato did a lot of games where you'd have like an overlay, but it it must just have color clash because the, there are too many mixed colors for there to be overlays. So either they haven't implemented the overlays correctly, or they just had color clash, or sort of like the Spectrum does. Yeah, it doesn't deter you from or, from playing the game or hurt it in any way. This is a game that I'm really I'm kind of surprised didn't get like souped up home versions. I mean, maybe Japan, did you you know? No, this had no home releases and no releases outside of uh, Japan, making it a Japanese arcade exclusive. I will say, uh, the brand, this is quite a fine. I did play this one a lot. And I, I, I played mine more just because mine was longer and also was better at mine. And more fun. I mean, but this this is fun, but in, in a frustrating really way. Really, what would be nice is if the guy was just a little bit slower. Well, <clears throat> in the instruction manual, it actually says, hey, uh, you, your guy will randomly speed up and slow down. Like, that's just a thing. And it's like, what? No, that's not just a thing. That's probably some kind of hardware limitation. All right? Um, so, I would assume that the speeding up and slowing down is not something they can control. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know. I don't know if it would be something you can control or not. I think, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's what it was? Is it going to limit the Yeah, I, I think that was, because just like how the, the aliens speed up when you're shooting things in uh, uh, Space Invaders. Yeah. You know, that was not programmed in. That was... Just, it was just a... Oh, I see. You, okay, maybe you're right. Cause, and, I mean, this is be, I don't, did you look to see what this ran on? I'd be This? Interested. Well, okay. I, I can't be 100% sure this was Space Invader hardware, but this was Space Invader it hardware. It looks like the scoring at the top looks like the, the, the Space Invader the color one, the earlier one. It sort of reminds All me All the sound from the game is from Space Invader. It's the right team, too, the Tato crew. Yeah. So, so I, I would say that the random speed up and slow downs is not on purpose i would say that that is just a a something they couldn't fix uh, and then they added it to the to the flyer as a feature how, how far did you get in this uh i mean did you try it, save states or anything to it, get further no it, it's it's a never-ending game it's a point game right but i mean how far did you get i mean because i i you, think my best was like four stages in do they does does it does it make you use different pieces that you get real far in like the more twisty ones well, yeah. you can use whatever pieces you want. Right, but there are some areas where it's real tough to get to unless you use, you know, do some pretty crazy stuff. It's a point press game. Yeah. The more pieces you lay down, the more points you are awarded. So, when you um have a bunch of pieces on the screen, you get points per the thing, and the farther you get in the game, you get bonus points that way. So, it's a which do you want it to be? Which do you are you shooting for Uh, make it real far so you can get bonus points off of stage completes, or are you going to point press by putting down a lot of pieces? I personally try to put down a lot of pieces. Not me. I wasn't good enough to try that. I was just trying to get to the other side as quick as I could. I found this game... I mean, like I said, the thing is, I can also see room for expansion in a game like this. I mean, there's some other stuff you can do. And clearly, I mean, you can lemmings this up even further, but I mean, as it is as a game... I mean, it's a it's a fun game, but I could see why it never got ported or sent here. It was just too I think it was too hard. And the, and like I said, if you're going to take this to the house, you'd want to advance some add some additional stuff. Yes, and it's it's uh fitting that Happy Coding is in chat today. Yeah. When I saw this, I thought to myself, "Holy crap! This needs to be." This needs to make it to other systems. Yeah, uh, this needs to be out there. I think the game is good enough and fun enough that you could do something with this, right? I, I wondered later on if like different obstacles would get in your way. Like so it's I it's a it's a same basic bear, homie. Didn't get far enough to see if some of the more if any advanced stuff happens. Nope, the uh, things get a little faster. Did you ever get hit by the things in the middle? The crate? No, I did all the time. No, all I the never, time. Because usually, my, I was I was either get there or die. I mean, I, my, I, a lot of times, my number one way of dying was the level would start, and I'd walk to his death. That's what happened to <laughs> me every time, you know, because that because it was so hard to start the round. It was a well was difficult man to start it, it, the round. All you have to do at the start of the round is hit a button. It doesn't matter where your piece is; just hit a button. What does that do? To, to lay a piece. But what if you? I guess you can't screw up. I didn't you think, can't I didn't screw, screw up immediately,
1: that. right? So if the very first thing you do is lay a piece, it gives
0: you more time to think about what needs to be done. Um, because you can even lay pieces over top of other pieces. Yeah. Uh, so like, if you lay a, a down staircase, you can lay an up staircase immediately, and he'll just turn around and go up the same staircase he just did. Can you can you gain extra reverses in this? Because I saw it had double numbers. Uh, They're dip switch settings. You
1: can you can change how many lives you get and how many reverses you get in the dip search settings. So I'm assuming that uh, you can up it
0: to a a high degree. I was never able to get any free reverses, um, but I would assume that's what it is. And the thing about this game is, you know, it, the guy moves at a quick clip, but you have to he has to move at that clip to clear the the uh, the boxes, you know, you have you have to move it a quick clip. You if you're too slow, they'll nail you. Well, it's random. It can't really change, but it can't really change to it. really a slower guy would be even de- more deadly. It's a catch twenty-two on, yeah. on this one. But I thought that it, is is this
1: the the greatest find I've ever discovered? No, but this is darn fun.
0: How did you say you came across this one? Just I I, I did
1: a list of Japanese uh, companies that did arcade stuff. And then I just started
0: scrolling down. I skipped anything that was a Japanese name that I couldn't read. Yeah, you know. And until I found something that was something I'd never heard of before, and then I started doing research and came up with this. Well, I gotta, I can give you credit uh, on this one, uh, the the Brent. This was one that i had not heard of. Uh, we did get a review from our, our good buddy Pajaco who took a look at this. He says, another unique early arcade game from Tato, up there with the likes of Doc Man, which is another one of your favorites, mm-hmm. Crazy Balloon and Acrobat. This feels much more like a home computer game than it does an arcade game. I agree with that. I really liked it because it was so different, but a couple things turned me off from loving it. There's no way to cancel your choice of platform, which is yeah, annoying yeah. if you screw up. <laughs> also, for me, the guy would randomly speed up before you could react. That's true. Overall, Steelworker feels unfinished, more like a proof of concept than a full game. It could have really benefited from bonus items to pick up. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Wrenches uh, or different tools. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad game, but I can see the roots of a game like Lemmings in here. Uh, if someone is looking for something a little unique to clone to home computers, then this <laughs> is a great candidate. So it's like he, 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 he crashed getting there. <laughs> Don't miss this one. You'll be cussing like a sailor but you'll have many just one more plays before you give up. Yeah. Seven out of ten. I I, I can't uh, disagree with uh, Pajaco's assessment and the idea of putting bonus items in there is a is a tremendously good yeah, idea. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think this could and a game like this would be an easy uh, port for uh, for a uh, someone who who does this sort of work. You know, and you could, and probably something you can knock off on a bunch of different systems. I can't think of any system we played short of something like the uh, Channel F when they couldn't handle something like this, uh, you know, or the Nascom or something. But I mean, you, this would play on well, anything from a Dick Smith all the way on. You could probably put something together on here. Maybe. You, what do you think is the what do you, what do you I think would cause it not to work? You can add, I think you could add so many pieces to the screen that it would it would bog down. Something. Did systems. you ever get a ton of pieces on the screen? I think the most I ever put down was ten. Maybe 12. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can see it, you'd probably have to put some kind of hard limit on it. Well, I think you, I, I got to give you credit. Oh, right. 15. Picked, the, 15. The flyer says you can put down to 15 pizzas. God bless you. So the flyer. There, is a hard, there is a hard number hard-coded in. You know, it's funny. I looked around to uh, find all footage of this game. There's not a ton of it. You know, and I want to thank uh, the fella there who provided the footage. Uh, but this is a game that I don't think a lot of people know about. Yeah. And so this is, unlike mine, which, I mean, mine got a lot of press, where, like it got picked up by Angry Video Game Nerd and some of these other guys. But we, me and you knew about it from a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Brandon playing uh, but, and stuff. But uh, this is one that even I hadn't heard of. And I know you, who you go and tiptoe through the murky depths of meme. <laughs> so when you haven't heard of one, that's saying yeah. something. Now, you know someone I have heard of, Aaron. What's that? Retro Rewind. Oh, yeah. RetroRewind.ca. And if you haven't
1: heard about him,
0: let me tell you about him. Computer repair extraordinaire. Hmm. He if, he will lay down the framework to get you from a broken computer all the way across that gap to a complete system ready to go. Yeah, I think you're right. And unlike uh, Steelworker, Frank's not just adding random parts there to increase the cost. <laughs> <That's> right. right. <laughs> he, he does it on the cheap. He does it efficiently because he's got decades of experience in the field uh, for your repair work. On top of everything else, if you go to RetroRewind.ca, uh, he's uh, got a flurry of items for all your Commodore uh, computer needs. Your C64, 128s, your C- the uh, Commodore Amigas, CD TVs, CD32s—all things you need. Do you need ROM upgrades? Do you need cap kits? Do you need accessories like accelerators or uh, multi carts? Uh, he's got you covered. Plus, he also takes care of you on the uh, TRCity color computer front with some excellent and outstanding products. Uh, we strongly advise you to head over to RetroRewind.ca and see what Frank can do for you today. When you are have nothing left to lose, you're ready to hit that desperation button. RetroRewind.ca is where you need to go. Well said, well said. Now, I'm hitting the desperation button for some wheel action. Wheel action? What, do you, what say? have you got for us this week? What have you added to the wheel, my friend?
1: I added another chat
0: choice to the wheel. Oh my god. So in other words, I know what that means. I didn't print pieces. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> Holy smokes. I worked like 55 hours oh. this week. Cry me a river. And our uh, our retro piece for this week is you forgot, didn't Dick yeah. Smith Wizard. Oh, the Dick Smith Wizard, which by the way, I believe just got support on the uh, Mister. Oh, well, there you go. Yes, That's the it. Dick Smith we, Wizard. We love that. We game. might have some of yeah. that. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are go. you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Pump, oh. pump. That's a spin. Well done, sir. That's a spin. I see no pieces are flying out this week. So the winner is... Oh, my. What do we got? Oh, no. Here it is. What is it? The Super-A-Con. <laughs> the Super-A-Con! I don't know what this is. Do you? Uh, Suggested by the On Collective. Yes. The On Collective always is bringing the heat. We're going to be playing things on the Super... Now, I'm going to pronounce it for everybody. It's the Super... You got that part. That's a word. The next word is a Apostrophe can super a Uh So, hopefully, that's one that we can actually emulate, but I think uh, the on-collective usually checks into that sort of thing. Let me tell you something, Aaron. We're going to need a little extra time to to work our way to the Super Econ. That's right. We're going to be moving the taping back uh, a couple days uh, on our next show. It will be on Tuesday night. Tuesday night. YouTube release will be unchanged, Yeah. but uh, for the live show, it's going to be a Tuesday night. We will update uh, the Discord, Twitter, uh, all the places you can find us and follow us as we get more details of the exact time, but we are going to shift it back a couple days. Yeah, because it's a long weekend here, and I'm going out of town. I also want to uh, mention, there's been a slight change in the uh, International Computer Club. Uh, I had to go back a week, because stupidly, I forgot a little something called my son's birthday. It would be it would get me murdered uh, if, I, if I was to have a show that day, so we're going back to October 1, October 1 now. I've been informed that that's the same day that Tandy Assembly is going on, which is a bummer. Uh, we love the Tandy folks, the Tandy Assembly. So if you're at the Tandy Assembly, just kind of tune us in. It'd be a perfect companion piece as you as you go through the various aisles of Tandy products. We love the Tandy, uh, and we would love for you to join us. So uh, speaking of birthdays, yeah. we also have to throw in one more birthday wish. Aaron, it is your actual factual on the date birthday. Am I correct? No. Oh, <laughs> was it tomorrow? No. No, it's no, it's no, it's the thirtieth. You're an idiot. <laughs>
1: hey, You're you know, close mad. enough. Um, uh, yeah, Aaron's birthday is right around the
0: corner. Yeah. And tell the people at home how old you'll be. I'll be 37 years old uh, this lied. year. Ah, he's lying. He's gonna be 39. That's right. Okay, you caught me. I feel not a day over 36 now I am spry. I am in the peak of human physicality. Oh God, the human race is really falling off a cliff. My mind is as sharp as a switchblade knife, and I am uh, one of those switchblade comb knife. That's right. I, everything. I feel good. I feel darn good, actually. Well, yeah. You I, thank me. you. Thank you for. Pff, that's not what helped me. Uh, uh, thank you for giving me those lovely birthday wishes. I'm sure glad you brought that up. I always always love it when my birthday is acknowledged in front of a lot of people. So, uh, with all that said, join us next week for the Super A-Can. Can Can we play games on it? I think we can. Adios, Ah! everybody. Woo!
1: Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Dept Styles for our vector-style graphics and Barkbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? you can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Just like these fine folks. DryerLint, 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retrology, Air Shack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushie, Ram, W. Vetke, Dave Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitterblitter, Blitter, Kajako6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Missyama, Chris Poles, Frodo and L. The Solo! Howard, Olaf Hope, and Roller. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at ARG Presents at mail.com.